Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnor, founder of leading Australian podcast agency, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. What do you do when you come across a problem? Do you ignore it or create something new? In a previous life, today's guest, Emil Mendoza, was a flight attendant who found her skin getting drier and drier on all of those tiring, long-haul flights. As an avid traveller, Emil thought back to a tropical holiday and remembered a miracle product she was offered by a market vendor. Fast forward to today, and Emil is the CEO and founder of Borake Skin, a seven-figure e-commerce brand with a range of coconut-based skincare products. In this episode, Emil shares the roller coaster of emotions that comes with being an entrepreneur, how she knew when to take the plunge to full-time, and why grief ended up being a catalyst for Emil to live her truth. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado, welcome Emil. Emil, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Of course. You know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the amazing work you're doing in business and in beauty over the last five, six years, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, as soon as you asked me, I was like, yep, this is something I want to do. <laughs> oh, Amazing. Awesome. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am the CEO and founder of Barakai Skin. It's a beauty brand focusing on the benefits of coconut oil and it is an e-commerce brand. So we sell directly to the consumer. We do it all online. And it started from, I guess it was a trip to Barakai in the Philippines. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. But it's an amazing island. It's think white sandy beaches, crystal clear waters. And I got the idea for body oil because 
this was back in 2009. So coconut oil wasn't really a trend yet. Like I thought coconut oil was something you put in food or for cooking. <laughs> so I didn't think to put on the skin, but the locals were selling it to me fresh and they were like, you put on your skin, it's really good for you. And that's where I discovered it. It wasn't until later when I went to university, I did an entrepreneurship degree. I know those exist. As, <laughs> but um, yeah, I became a flight attendant after I finished my degree because that's what you do, obviously. And when I was a flight attendant, my skin was constantly drying out. So I thought about my time in Barakai, about the coconut oil, and I was putting on my skin. And that was giving me the nourishment that I needed because my skin was constantly drying out, being on the plane all day. Like, I don't know if you remember being on a long haul flight, <laughs> but on a long haul flight, your skin is just dry. And imagine doing that day in, day out. So my skin was really suffering. So I came up with this body oil and that's how Boracay skin started. Oh, it's so interesting and so cool, Emil. And I can't wait to dive deeper into the business journey and how it all kind of came together. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what do your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah, that's actually an interesting question because I don't think I've been asked that before. So my parents are immigrants, so they immigrated from the Philippines back in 1991. So my mom was pregnant with me when she came to Australia. And my mom is currently working in payroll. So she works for a big global tech company. And my dad, he is a project manager. I hope I'm getting these right. I, if they're listening, they're like, <laughs> that is so wrong. Sorry, mom, dad. <laughs> not but, sure what you do. You're not sure. <laughs> but my dad is in project management. And I think at the moment he is, well, it could be wrong here, but I think he's working on trains. So, because he got laid off at his old job because of COVID, but I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing now. So dad, if it's wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, so interesting. So neither of them entrepreneurs. Talk to us a little bit about kind of what that experience was like, you know, immigrant parents, you know, just trying to, I guess, make it and make your life, I guess, the best, you know, it could be here in Oz, you know. Can you talk to us a little bit about how their mentality shaped kind of what you do today or kind of how you show up today? Yeah. So I guess as anyone that's listening who is a has parents that are immigrants. Immigrant parents want the best for you, right? So they obviously come to Australia. They want a better life for you. And that's the whole reason they they move countries, right? Otherwise, if it was good for them in their other country, they would just stay there. But they, they come to Australia because they see it as an opportunity and they, they pass that on to their children. So growing up, there was a lot of expectation for me to do well academically. I actually went to a high school that was a selective school. So it meant sitting a test uh, an entrance exam and being in the top 3% in the state. And so academically, yes, I was good. But, you know, during my childhood, I always had that pressure of, you know, performing really well at school. Like I remember even being in primary school, I would never get anything wrong. Like everything had to be 100%. And that was the kind of mentality that I had as a kid. And I think when I became a teenager, I just kind of rebelled against that. I was like, no, I'm just going to do my own thing. And I didn't really pay attention in school. I kind of, my grades dropped. And, you know, I think it's it's something that you just go through as a teenager. And then when you come out on the other side as an adult, you're like, I think I needed that rebellious stage to realize 
what I really want in my own life. And I I am grateful for my parents for pushing me because now as an entrepreneur, I'm a pusher. Like I push myself <laughs> to be the best that I can be and to be the best in everything that I do, whether it's just even, you know, in my Pilates classes or I do golf now and I want to get to the next level all the time. So I think that mentality is from that immigrant parent uh, pushing that they do as a kid. Uh, and my parents have totally changed now. So they're very chill and they're like, you just do whatever makes you happy. So, yeah, I don't know what changed them, but they just definitely changed. They were like, whatever makes you happy, we're happy for you. I always find it so interesting asking that question because I think, you know, so many of us, what our parents do and kind of where we grew up impacts how we see the world at that young age and even into our 20s and, you know, and then ultimately, you know, into kind of what we end up doing. For you, kind of in those early days, were you rebelling and you were a teenager and you were like, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. What kind of shifted for you, I guess, once you'd graduated and you were out there in the world and you decided to do entrepreneurship? Like, where did that desire come from for you? And I guess for our peers out there listening who perhaps are grappling with, you know, this really kind of tough situation at home where perhaps their parents expect the best of them. What advice would you have for them? So obviously even going to a selective school, you you were expected to perform as well as you could academically. And that was something I really struggled with at my high school was because everyone around me was doing so well academically and I was struggling. I was kind of like, well, if I'm not doing well now, what's the point? So I just, that was the mentality that I had. And it kind of carried within me through uni as well. Like I was just passing. I was doing entrepreneurship and I was thinking maybe I'm just not cut out to be an entrepreneur because I was failing a few subjects and I had to go resit them again just to finish. I ended up finishing my degree, but I had to go resit a few subjects. And I was like, maybe I'm just really not cut out for this. I just need to finish this and then just go out to the world and work somewhere. And that's why I became a flight attendant because I love traveling. But I guess the turning point for me was my brother passed away when I was, I can't remember what, I think it was, it's been so long now, I think it was 2014 when it happened. And that was really a turning point in my life because uh, it just kind of shifted everything in my perspective of how I viewed the world. So, you know, as you, when you're going through the motions of everyday life, you're just doing things and you, you don't know why you're doing it. You're just like, all right, get up, go to work. Uh, you know, go do this, go work out, go home, sleep. And it's just this constant routine and cycle. But when something like that in your life happens, it just changes everything. And I just, it's something that you can't explain unless you've gone through it. So when my brother passed away suddenly, it it wasn't just me, it was my parents. And that's why they changed their mentality too, in terms of, you know, um, just do whatever makes you happy because they realized as well, life is so short. And you know, you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's not guaranteed. And that was the case for my brother. So then it got me thinking, okay, if I died tomorrow, would I be happy with what I'm doing with my life? And the answer to that was, no, I'm not, because I know I can do better than this. And I knew my, I knew that I had more potential and I wasn't pushing myself. I was just kind of cruising along thinking it was okay. And then I was like, no, I need to do something that a is fulfilling for me and B, I, I know that I'm pushing myself and I'm, I'm living my life to the fullest potential because if I die tomorrow, I just want to be saying, yep, I did the best that I could. And that's what shifted in me. Oh my goodness. I, 
We so appreciate you sharing that with us. I can't even imagine what that time would have been like for you and your parents and your family. And I think it's so beautiful that you were able to use that very dark moment and kind of almost try and internalize that for yourself and kind of step up yourself. For our peers out there listening who are struggling to find that or haven't had that moment yet, they're going through the motions and, you know, perhaps it's, you know, COVID, perhaps they lost a job or, you know, they're just trying to get get through it, but they know they've got more to give. What would be your advice to them? Yeah, so I, I totally, you know, relate to that when sometimes you feel like, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And my the death of my brother kind of felt like that. But again, it was just me having to be like, you know, look within yourself. Um, there's nothing that anyone can say or do for you. or You can look externally all you want, but this is something that has to be important for you. And, and you have to just look within yourself and be honest with yourself in terms of, what you want to do with your life or what what kind of what kind of dreams do you have you know I I always had a dream of being an entrepreneur and that's why I did like an entrepreneurship degree I did business related subjects at school and sometimes at, at times I was like well maybe I'm just not cut out to be an entrepreneur right but I always thought well if others can do it why can't I and that was the kind of thing that I did and it was just a lot of looking within myself and then just saying to myself, no, you're just gonna you're just gonna go for it. What's the what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I I absolutely love that. Although the worst is pretty pretty intense in entrepreneurship, but no, I, it I agree. No, you know. <laughs> I wanna shift gears a little bit and talk about the starting of Borakay and kind of your transition from being a flight attendant and, you know, I think you were a flight attendant for almost six years, which is phenomenal. But you started your business, I think, while you were still doing that as a side hustle. Could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, take us back to those days as a flight attendant, back to 2015 where you just thought, you know what, perhaps my skin is drying up and I, I need to do something about this. Like what were the first few steps that you took to get the business going? I still remember them because sometimes if I do forget, I actually was journaling and it wasn't ah. on purpose. It was just because on the flight, like we couldn't have our phones out. So I would just, if I had an idea in my head or I needed to do something, I would write it down. So that's why I've got, you know, pen to paper. I've got notes on this. And I remember the first few steps was, I would just break it down. So I knew I wanted to launch a business. Um, and the reason I launched too was because people were asking me what I was using on my skin. They're like, your skin's glowing. So I was like, hang on, maybe this is something I can do. And e-commerce was on the rise at the time. So people were launching businesses and promoting on Instagram. And it wasn't huge. I think it's really big now, but I think back then it was kind of something that was still, uh, I guess, starting. Like There were a few businesses that had been around, but they hadn't been around any longer than two to three years. So it was definitely something that I wanted to have a go at. I was like, Instagram is free. I might as well try and promote it on that platform. It's great. And so I was writing down, okay, how do I get to from A to B? And then I would break it down to like, okay, I need a product. So then I would, you know, research on Google. Like I would literally type in, you know, cosmetic packaging Melbourne so I like trying to find people because I had knew absolutely nothing about starting a business like I knew I had an entrepreneurship degree but it's 
I still felt like I was starting from zero, you know? Mm. And so I was just, I would literally write into Google what I was after. So I, you know, if I was after, um, graphic designer in Melbourne, I would write that. And then I would try to find someone to develop a logo for us. And it was just breaking it down into the steps. And that as I ticked them off, I was like, okay, the pieces are coming together. And then that's when I was able to launch because I just had pasted everything together. I was like, okay, I've got a website now. I set up Instagram. I set up my, my product. I've got my logo. And I was like, yep, ready to go. And that's, that's basically how I launched. So it was, it's basically breaking it down to smallest actionable steps. And then you realize you're like, okay, this isn't as hard as I thought. Can you talk to us a little bit about your mindset at this time? You know, you're a full-time flight attendant. You know, I think you also were flying internationally at some point. Like that is not an easy gig. Can you talk to us a little bit about the ability to manage your time to, or even the desire to go, you know, I've got this full-time thing that, you know, I've, I've committed to, but I also have this desire to do something else. You know, I think a lot of our peers out there listening would resonate with that desire to do something else. But then for one, where do we even find the time? For two, where do we even start? You know, can you talk to us a little bit about where you were emotionally and I guess mentally during that time? Yeah, I think it goes back to being you know, you have to look within yourself because you have to figure out what your why is and why you're doing this because otherwise there's no point. And I guess people ask me that all the time. I was like, how did you manage to grow your business whilst you were a flight attendant? And I was a flight attendant for five years. And out of the five, I was, for three of them, I was, you know, working on Boracay Skin. And I think it was just me focusing on what my goals are and what my dreams were. Like, what are my big goals? What what did I want to do with my life? It's always came back to that bigger picture of what did you want to do and why you're doing it. And then you just made the time. So I remember, mm-hmm. you know, I was in my tw- mid-20s at this time and a lot of my peers were, I don't know, going out for drinks all the time or going out for dinners and buying a lot of clothes. And I wasn't doing much of that because I, I had my goal. I was like, I prioritized what was more important to me. And so, you know, if my friends were going out all the time, that was cool. But I was at home working because I, whenever I had spare time, I would be working on my business because I couldn't work on it. Otherwise, like I couldn't work on it during, on the plane during my flight. So I had to do it whenever I was on the ground. Um, and when I think about that time when I was growing my business, it, it seemed really quick. I just, I think about it and, and you asked me what my mindset was. And I think I was just very laser focused. And I think that's why I was able to take that leap at some point to go full time because I was like, no, I really, 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 really want to do this. And that was my mentality. How can we get clear on our why? That's a good question. I think that again, it's like looking within yourself. So I don't, look, I did a trip where I, I recommend traveling to anyone. I don't know what it is about traveling. I think it's just, you know, Traveling allows you to step off that wheel, that wheel of everyday mm-hmm. life. You know, like especially you know, as a flight attendant, I was uh, I wanted to do that job because I knew it was a job that wasn't the same every single day. You know, you work with new people all the time, so even though you're in the same company, you don't work with the same people every single time you come to work. It's always different people. Like you, sometimes you'll do the same you know routes as. Um, you know, another person, but you won't see them every single day. 
And so, you know, I'm going to new destinations and I was staying in new hotels and it was just, it was a job that I really, really enjoyed. I never enjoyed routine for some reason. I, I know some people do, but for me, it was like, I like doing something new. But I think to figure out your why, I think you need to do things that will step you outside of your comfort zone. And I think it's discovering yourself. So I feel like travel allows you to do a lot of self-discovery. Um, so I, me personally, I took a trip where I just bought a one-way ticket and I traveled around for six months. I didn't, I didn't have a plan. Like I was just going with the flow <laughs> and making friends along the way. And then I would sleep on people's couches and, um, I was doing it on the cheap, you know, like I didn't save up much from being a flight attendant and trying to run Boracay skin at the same time. And this was the trip before I, I went full-time because after that trip, I was like, okay, what am I doing? I need to figure out what, you know, I can't do two things. I can't be a flight attendant and also try to grow Barakai skin. It's one or the other. And so I made that decision. But yeah, I think me personally, I think when I need to go back to the why that I try to do something that's outside of my comfort zone and get off the hamster wheel of it. Because once you're in that, on that hamster wheel, it's like you, you don't think about anything else. You're just always in that routine of wake up, go to work go to the gym, go home, make dinner, go to sleep, and then you just don't think about anything else. And I also think meditation uh, does wonders as well because if when your mind sits still, you you're, you just allow yourself to be, right? Because it's when you think about it, you're always thinking and thinking about the next thing, but when you actually just meditate and sit still, uh, it's amazing what comes into your mind when everything is just still. Oh, I love that stillness. I so, so resonate with what you're saying. I want to talk a bit about finding the courage to step out of your comfort zone. You know, I think I found what you're saying so interesting and I, I do agree, but it's so hard, you know, to kind of remove ourselves from the day-to-day that we're so busy and things are happening and we've got friends and things and everything's happening. You know, it's so hard to kind of gain the courage to step out, do something a little bit different, even if it is kind of going on a six-month vacay where you don't even know really anyone or you're going by yourself or, you know, whatever it may be, it's tough. You know, what's your take on that? And what would you what would you say to our peers out there listening who are just like, I'm so nervous to take that step? Yeah, I was so nervous just doing all the, <laughs> doing all these things I've just told you, like launching the business, doing the solo travel for like six months and then making this decision like, hey, I'm going to go full-time with Warren High School. Like, none of these Scary. things. Yeah, it was not taken lightly at all. It was, there were a lot of nerves, a lot of fears. Uh, and a and trick that my uh, partner taught me was um, he said, write down, you know, I always you know, rant to him about what I'm fearful of and what I'm afraid of. And it, I still, you know, go through that now as an entrepreneur. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, what if no one buys this or what if the launch doesn't go well? He's like, okay, this is what you do. You need to grab a piece of paper, write down, you know, what the worst that could happen is and you write it down. And then he's like, and then see how you feel afterwards. And that was such a great trip because then you're allowed to whatever's like going in your brain, right? You can put a pen to paper and then actually see, and then you can decide: is it is that the worst that will happen? Is that is that so bad? 
right? Mm-hmm. And then that that's really worked for me. So if anyone's feeling nervous about, I don't, I don't know, starting a business or changing jobs, think about what the worst, absolute worst that could happen and then write it down and then see how you feel afterwards. What's the worst that's happened for you in this entrepreneurial journey? Um, I don't think any, every time I thought everything's going to go really badly, even yesterday <laughs> we had, uh, we were sponsoring Fashion Week. Uh, one of the brands was, um, you know, they invited us to sponsor it and I was, and this was like two weeks before, Amazing. right? So I'm like, yep, we're going to go to Fashion Week. We're going to bring all the product. It's going to be great. We're going to get so much content. And then lockdown happened and I was like, mm. oh, great. Now I can't yeah. go. So then we had to send the product and the product wasn't going to get there in time. And I was freaking out. I was like, nah, absolute disaster. But you know what? It ended up being okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess like, you know, there's always been times in my business journey where it always seems like it's going to be like absolute disaster. And it always mm. actually just turns out to be okay. And I'm always a big believer, like everything happens for a reason. Mm. And so I, I honestly, I cannot name anything that's happened in my business journey that's been absolutely awful. Like there's been times where I've, ordered the wrong thing and I've received tens of thousands of it and I'm like well actually it's, <laughs> it's actually not that bad like whatever we've lost a bit of money but like we can always make that back um I don't know maybe I'm just a half glass kind of full person but that's just the way I see it and I always I always see it as like a learning lesson like I'm like okay I, I won't do that next time <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's just so valuable. And I think that half glass full approach is so, so valuable. I think it's almost a necessity if you're going to go out on your own and, you know, do something a little bit different. I want to talk about the failures in business though. You know, that idea, the, the dark side of business is really what I like to call it. We talk a lot about it on the show. You know, I think from the outside, having a startup can seem so sexy and, you know, you so on Instagram and, you know, people are following, you've got lots of followers and all that stuff or whatever it may be, whatever type of business you're in. The reality of it is, especially in the early days, I would say first kind of three, four years, it's a hard slog. Can you talk to us a little bit about the dark side of business, how you mentally push through the really tough times, what they were for you, and kind of reflecting back on some of those times, what you would say to yourself? I feel like the first couple of years, especially when it was just a side hustle, that was the best because I was so naive, right? So it's like I was just doing things thinking it was going to work yeah. out. And I think, you know, now that I'm so – I wouldn't say I've been doing this for a really, really long time, but it feels like a long mm-hmm. time. So I've been doing it for, I think, six years almost. And as time has gone on, it, it's actually much harder now because there's so much responsibility mm-hmm. that you have. You know, we have staff now, so it's like you've got to make sure you can't make decisions where, you know, you can't pay your staff, so you got to – you just got to be that extra careful. Um, and I think the biggest thing of being an entrepreneur is the the mental hurdle because it's just the mentality mm. of like pushing through and getting through the hard times. And it it is hard. And anyone that's listening and wanting to start a business or is doing a business, it's, you know, I think just reaching out to your peers that are doing the same thing, you'll realize you're not alone in how you're feeling you know, there's so many times that like, I just break down and cry. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I just need that moment to do that. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to just get through this. Um, and that's, I, I don't know how I push through. I just do it. I just, 
I go have a big cry and then I'm like, all right, now I need to think of ways to get around this. And I think being a being an entrepreneur is basically being a problem solver because you're always mm. yeah, it's always just yeah. always just solving problems. If you're not good at problem solving, it might not be for you. But yeah, just <laughs> always trying to figure out how to do it. It's and being an entrepreneur, there's no you know manual or instructions that come with it it's not like you know you when you go to um uni and they tell you oh this is how you solve this right but being an entrepreneur because everything is so unique and everything's different and everyone every founder and every business is different there's no right or wrong in getting over that hurdle either and mm-hmm. and, and that's the biggest thing too of being an entrepreneur is you're, you're the one that's creating ways to get around things or creating ways to get over this hurdle. And so the way I deal with it is basically just, you know, allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling and you don't have to be logical all the time. Being an entrepreneur is also about uh, your emotional well-being and your mental health and do whatever you need to do to get through that and then, you know, start working on solving the problem that's in front of you. At what point for you in the journey did you really feel like, oh, this is starting to work out, like finally? You know, what was it like when you decided to go all in? Was that the point or was it well after? Could you talk to us a little bit about kind of post year three when you decided to take the leap full time? I love how you say that because there's times where I'm like, oh, this is working out. And then, you know, the next month you're like, this is not working out. <laughs> what am I doing? What am oh I my doing? Goodness. Shutting it down. <laughs> yeah. Honest, I was feeling that. Yeah. To be honest, I was feeling that like only a couple of months ago and I was telling a friend yeah. and they were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, this is just how I'm feeling. I'm just telling you. Um, and then like a month later, I'm like, okay, no, it's working out. It's fine. But, you know, be- <laughs> being in business is like being on a roller coaster. It's yeah. just you're going to have your highs and then you're going to have your lows and you no matter what, you're never going to stay on your high. It, there's always going to be a low at some point, right? But just remember when you're at your low, you're not going to be there forever either. You know, you just have to kind of push through that, wait through it, and then you'll be back on your high. And I guess the turning point at year three was um, when I went full time, I was like, okay, I need to make a decision. And I did. I made a decision. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this full time. So I was living with my parents. I was saving money. And the business was still not where I wanted to be. So I was like kind of freaking out. I'm like, okay, have I made the wrong decision? <laughs> um, wow. But I think because I changed my mindset and I knew there was like a now or never moment, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of just focused on the business and then it kind of just took off. And what really worked for us, it's no secret, but it was paid advertising because that was something that we hadn't really tried before. And then when we tried it, I was very skeptical. I was like, I don't want to throw all this money at, you know, Facebook ads or whatever. And then it worked. It really did work out. And it was just now it's just like this ball just keeps rolling. Like we're still on that roller coaster, obviously, of the, the highs and lows. But you just you gotta you gotta try everything. You know, every business is different. Mm-hmm. One thing that might work for one business not might not work for another. Uh, and that's just the beauty of it, right? Like there's just there is going to be that point where it's like, okay, this is working out now, but then you're going to be faced with more hurdles after that. You know, there's, I haven't, I don't know, maybe other people have had this feeling, but I haven't had that feeling like, yes, I've made it. I really haven't had that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like, you know, when you get to the top, you're like, okay, I've made it to the top. And you realize like, I haven't even gotten to the top yet. So. It's so funny because we're at about 
year three and a half. And honestly, it's only been in the last like three months. And I'm so open about this that I've actually had one of those moments where I was like, I think this is actually going to work, you know? And I think it's almost so valuable when you do feel that initial, it's really been one of the first times I've really felt like, yeah, this is going to survive, you know, we can do this. And I think it's just, I think it's exactly what you said. It's that mindset shift. It's the time, just being in it for so long. You know, it feels like so long. You know, I can't imagine. No, I can I can relate. Like three years, like it doesn't sound long at all, but I know for no. you it would have just felt like such a slog for three years. <laughs> it, I like just everything you're saying. I'm furiously nodding, even though I appears out there. You guys can't see me, but I'm just, yes, I just so agree and I resonate. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, as we start to kind of wrap up, but I want to talk a little bit about your vision for what you're building now. You know, as you said, you're still in the ups and downs. I mean, aren't we all? But you've now hit, I think it's over seven figures. You know, the business is now sustaining itself. You've got staff. You know, talk to us a little bit about kind of what's next for you in the next two, three, four, five years. Yeah, it's uh, that's such an interesting question because I I feel like I changed my mind about what I really want for the business. <laughs> like we have I have that end goal, but in the meantime of how to get there, I'm like, okay, should we do this? Should we do that? So I think the immediate steps after this, we are coming out with a new product. Um, it's going to be focusing on the face, so it's, that's really exciting. And I guess what I really want for Borakai Skin is just to really grow. You know, it's there's I think there's no limit to what you can do with your business, really. Um, And so I think our next steps would be to try and get into retail. So that's something we're working on this year. Um, You know, direct to consumer has been so great for us and we've been able to connect with our customers through Instagram. But it would be nice for our you know, our audience to go in and try our products in person. I know it's not so great with COVID at the moment, like being, you know, going to stores, but I think for the future, for brands, I think omni-channel really is the way to go, you know, having a presence in retail and also being online because a lot of people shop online. Uh, There's no doubt about that. And you've seen businesses that weren't online really struggle at the moment, you know, like you can go back into lockdown anytime or your, you know, your country will just say no retail for months on end and what do you do? You, you shop online. So I think being on, on both, uh, we don't know what the future is going to look like, I guess, for the world. We'll just have to wait and see, right? But um, that's our kind of immediate goals at the moment. And I guess for me, it's just I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I love it. I, even then there's the, the lows. Sometimes I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? But then, you know, when there are the highs, I'm like, yeah, I can do it. This is awesome. So uh, just seeing how how much we can grow by our skin and hopefully we can bring out more products that are, that are coconut powered. We love it. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, yeah, it's just so, so fascinating. I've got a couple final questions for you. And the first one is, so over the last, you know, six years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. And, you know, you've received so much recognition for your work. I think it was last year you were a finalist 
in Business News Australia's Young Entrepreneur Awards. Boracay is has been featured really across the board in Vogue, Women's Health, Marie Claire. And also, actually, I will add in, recently you've become a business coach and mentor, which is really exciting to see. And and I'm sure so many, you know, so many of us would, would want to learn from you and what you're doing. You know, what are the three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? (laughs) The first one is that whatever you're thinking in business, you're not alone. I'm sure someone else out there is going through the same thing or something similar. Um, And the second one would be, uh, obviously, I didn't give up, but like there are going to be times where you feel like giving up and you're like, what's the point? I'll just, you know, go back to whatever I was doing before, but always don't give up because you need to remember why you're doing it. It needs to make sense for you. And if it doesn't make sense for others, I'm sure they'll be on board later down the track. (laughs) Um, And I guess the third thing is just remember to have fun. Sometimes when you're in business, right, it is a lot of work and it's really, really hard. It's not a job where you can just switch off at five o'clock and not think about it the next day. I feel like even when I like, you know, sign off for the day, I'm still kind of thinking about it. But you know, you just got to have fun and, and, and really enjoy it because got, you're going to have some wins along the way. And sometimes you forget to in, just enjoy that win because you're so focused on the next thing. But yeah, just have fun. Have fun. I absolutely, I love it. Like I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Emil, for all of the incredible work you've done and that you're doing for really showing us and particularly us women, young women and women of color that if we have that dream, if we have that kind of goal inside of us, we actually can go out there and make it happen for ourselves, regardless if we have a job or not. Um, and it actually can turn into something that we're really proud of. And for that, we really appreciate you. 100%. Thank you. I it just, that's a message I love to put out there is that, you know, I am a woman of color. I'm a child of immigrants, you know, and it's that dream, right? Like of you know, making a life for yourself that's better. But I think at the same time, it's you got to do something that you really enjoy because at the end of the day, it's for you, right? And uh, just you can do anything. Like I started with absolutely no money. I was a flight attendant. You don't earn that much as a flight attendant, right? So I didn't start with any money. I didn't have any funding. No one was backing me when I started. And I just, I guess I just dug deep and like looked within myself and I was like, no, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And I've managed to turn into this. And I look back and as we're reflecting during this podcast, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. So yes, thank you for having me. Of course. (laughs) And the final question is how we finish every episode of the peers to peers podcast. And that is what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Oh, the value of that is just you you get to enjoy what you're doing. You know, you're you're living life on your terms. You're you're doing something that you want to wake up to. You know, I'm always excited every day to wake up, you know. Um I've had jobs before. I'm like, oh why I can't be bothered going to work. I actually never feel that way with my business. Like I actually don't. I, I always even though it's so challenging and sometimes it's it's can be really crap some days, I, I still look forward to like, okay, how can I how can I push through this or what can I celebrate today? And I think that there's, you can't put a price on that and that it's so valuable. 
Yay! Oh my goodness, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Emil. We've had an absolute blast. Where can we learn more about you and Boracay Skin? Yeah, so you can find us at boracayskin.com or on Instagram. That's our biggest platform there. Um, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's Emil Mendoza, E-M-I-L-L-E and Mendoza. Perfect. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much. Again, it's been so awesome. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest beer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit the Peers Project. Com, or follow us on Instagram at The Peers Project. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, Peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.